I feel like the trailer does give away like like a lot of things that happen throughout the movie, but there's still at least enough. Like maybe it does. It gives away a lot of major things that happen, but I think he's just such a strong writer. It's like these big moments are padded with so many other bits of dialogue. I think maybe it just like can't be ruined. Like he's just much better at writing dialogue than other people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 480 with a review of the three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I am Christopher Schnazy. I'm Billboard Baggins. <laughs> and I'm Stephen Biller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we're talking about a film in which a woman was trying to make a point create some billboards that offend some people so i wanted to ask you guys what's the most offensive billboard and or signage uh that you've seen pasted into places in public that you thought was like hey maybe maybe not so good (laughs) you shouldn't put that up here that's that's interesting it's an interesting question i'm a little caught off guard i um i feel like this is probably a cliched answer but i've definitely been walking around and suddenly been confronted with a photo of like the body of a fetus in a way that I feel like is extremely offensive. Um, yep, that, that was my answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are th- those are for sure. It um, was that like the were those like the anti-abortion uh, people? Yeah, yeah, like like anti-abortion. Like yeah. I've seen things that were like very large, if not billboard size, at least like very aggressively in front of your face. That yeah, like I I've seen people at heavily trafficked intersections yeah. holding up multiple signs and large like 10 foot by 12 foot like giant printed things Mm -hmm. of just aborted fetuses and it's like whether or not you support like first of all you don't know the statistics of that intersection Mm -hmm. like it's one thing for you to like try to interface with people at an establishment that might do this procedure and say like hey do you know that this is what you're doing still not okay but let's just pretend that like you're doing that you're just casually attacking passersby who have not weighed in on this issue one way or another. And you're just like, hey, want to look at some aborted fetuses? No, I do not. <laughs> I don't care for it. That's not a good way to protest. You're hitting people who aren't affected by your thing. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I can't really think of a, a close second place. So that's what I'm going with. Yeah. Fetus for 200. That, that's, yeah, fetus, fetus for all the... Schmeckles, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that's not nobody wants to look at that. Like you know, that's your right to to stand there and and you know do put up your sign. Like you have that right, but it's also like, come on, dude. Like, don't stand on a, like the corner of a mall intersection where like everybody's walking or you know where everyone's gonna see it. Obviously, that's their intention. But I mean, I don't really get offended yeah. by that. I'm just kind of like, I don't want to see that. Like, come on. Like, nobody else wants to see that either. Um, I don't think there's anything yeah. that's, like, really, like, straight up offended me. Like a billboard or something. I'm just like... Other than that billboard with the Rotten Tomatoes score for Justice League, right? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, these motherfuckers. Um, no, I mean, there's... I mean, there's been, like, billboards um, 
like around here in LA like that people have gotten offended by that I thought were funny because it's like so dumb. Like remember like that show The Strain um and there was like the billboard of like the girl's eye and there was like a worm going through it and people were like my children have to see this billboard and they're having nightmares now and i was like oh please (laughs) oh please and then you know like uh when x-men apocalypse came out and like all the billboards had uh oscar isaac like holding up jennifer lawrence like by the throat and people are like, this is, vi- this is violence against <laughs> I, yeah, women. I don't know if I've seen this poster. You didn't see that? That was like every poster, or at least every billboard around here was that. It was him uh, holding her up by the throat, and it, you know, it was like, heroes fall, or whatever, the, you know, some tagline like that. And people were like, this is violence against women and stuff. I was like, every movie billboard is violent. Like, I don't know how this is any different, like... Uh, anyway, like those are a couple examples where people kind of got, kind of got in a tizzy about, and I was just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, just looks like, I mean, cause there's so many billboards where like people got like guns at each other and like th- swords at, e- at each other's throat. And I was just like, how is this any different? Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, there is, there is also like, I, I think, uh, this doesn't personally offend me, but are, isn't there like, I think I remember reading online some big big thing where like there was like a divorce attorney who like posted all these billboards that were like nine out of ten husbands cheat mm-hmm. call this number if you need to divorce them or something like that and i know a bunch of people were like super upset about that because it was like that made my marriage in trouble <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, caught I me cheating <laughs> yeah. I oh oh the the um uh independence day resurgence had a it wasn't offensive but they had a pretty good billboard for when that came out and it was like the it was like a shot of the ship, and it said you uh, they fucked with the wrong planet, but fucked was like blurred out, like it was like kind of like spray painted over, but you could yeah. tell it was what it was. Uh, I don't think they got in trouble for that though, but I was like, oh, it was like the summer where like all the Fox billboards like people were not down with, but I gotcha. Know. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's one thing we know for sure: it's that. Uh... You're allowed to put up whatever you want on a billboard. And so we're going to put up a review on the billboard that is this podcast. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for the three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. And then we're going to come back and give you a review. What's the law on what you can and cannot say on a billboard? I assume you can't say nothing defamatory and you can't say fuck, piss, or cunt. That right? Or anus? I think I'll be all right then. I guess you're Angela Hayes' mother. That's right. I'm Angela Hayes' mother. So, Mildred Hayes, why did you put up these billboards? My daughter Angela was murdered seven months ago. It seems to me the police department is too busy torturing black folks to solve actual crime. What the hell is this? Dixon, I'm in the middle of my goddamn Easter dinner. Sorry, kids. I know, Chief, but I think we got kind of a problem. Sunshine beating on a good time. I'd do anything to catch your daughter's killer. I don't think those billboards is very fair. The time it took you to get out here whining like a bitch, Willoughby. Some other poor girl's probably out there being butchered right now. We've had two official complaints about those billboards. From who? The lady with a funny eye. A lady with a funny fucking eye? And a fat dentist. There's a lot of good friends of Willoughby in this town, Miss Hayes. Ow! You didn't happen to drill a little hole in the dentist today, did you? Of course not. Ah? Uh? I said, of course not. 
I'm sorry about Angie, but the town is dead set against these billboards. You know who threw that can? What can? How about you, sweetheart? Uh, no, I, I didn't really... Go, girl. Hey, fuckhead! What? Don't say what, Dixon, when she comes in calling you a fuckhead! The more you keep a case in the public eye, the better your chances are getting it solved. And when I see you know, if you hadn't stopped coming to church, you'd have a little bit more understanding of people's feelings. All this anger, man. It just begets greater anger. In three, two, one. And as sad as the spectacle of these billboards might be, this reporter, for one, hopes this finally puts an end to the strange saga of the three billboards outside. This doesn't put an end to shit, you fucking retard. This is just a fucking start. Why don't you put that on your good morning, Missouri fucking wake up broadcast, bitch? All right, so that was the trailer for the three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, in this film, a woman had a tragedy befall her daughter, and uh, the police have made no headway in the case and seem to be ignoring it. So she decides to take out a series of billboards on a mostly empty street on the outskirts of town, which directly call out the town's uh, sheriff, chief, chief, sheriff, mm-hmm. whatever. Chief, I think. I, I, why is it that I think of, like, really, really small towns, they just have sheriff? Like, I just think of it as <laughs> sheriff. Like, you don't have a real police department. You just have... Anyways, um, I want to say it's like a sheriff is for a town and a chief is for a city. I don't know. Maybe. Something like that. Anyways, not not to diminish all the sheriffs listening. Sheriff um, lives matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sheriff of Nottingham. Yep. Yeah. That's the only sheriff I know. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't think of any other sheriff. Sheriff Woody. Uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was a sheriff in uh, the one movie with Forrest Whitaker, right? Yes, he was. Omar Sharif. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but anyways, yeah, yeah, explain the film. Basically, she takes out this uh, thing and uh, she's hoping that it will actually make some progress in her case as she calls out the fact that the police aren't doing anything and a lot of the town's folks don't uh, take too kindly to the post, uh, the billboards, because one of them directly talks about the tragedy that happened to her daughter, and people don't like seeing that on a billboard, um, or having <laughs> or, or having the sheriff of the town called out. But uh, anyways, yes. Before I continue to ramble, I'm still laughing at Omar Sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, but Stephen Miller, Ugh. what did you think of the three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri? Yeah, I really, really, really liked this movie. I think it it was different than what I expected. So I was afraid that the trailers were going to completely not ruin this movie, but like hurt it a lot because the trailers, more so than I remember for Seven Psychopaths, the trailers really showed you a lot of the plot mechanics of this movie. Like they showed you big laugh lines. They showed you like moments where characters were going to get in fist fights. They showed you a lot of the kind of asides and they and they built it up as a a movie about getting justice for this mother who is like the badass um vigilante like the person who is going to take matters into her own hands 
And I like I trust Martin McDonough enough to know that he's going to not just do that. But I had a fear that like this was going to be kind of a very Coen Brothersy sort of humorous movie about an unlikely hero, and that a lot of the funniest moments were going to be revealed in the trailer. Yeah. And what I got like that that is much of the movie for maybe the first third or something. But it goes in I think like really cool directions where it it still had the capacity to have like. First of all, tons of laugh lines that were not in the trailer. Tons of moments that I didn't see coming. And I think it really just did a a cool thing of like bringing together well-intentioned but also very, very flawed characters and just like putting them in a room and watching what happens. Yeah. I think this is a movie that plays with your allegiances a lot. Like it, it makes you want to root for someone and hate someone and then flip it a few times. Um the acting, I think, is just great. Like, I loved Woody Harrelson in this. I think this is the best Woody Harrelson I've seen this not year. Not an alcoholic. Yeah. Can we just... Yeah, not an alcoholic. Like, he's still still fully Woody Harrelson, but not an alcoholic. He had some of the best lines, I think, in the movie. Um, most of them I probably couldn't quote on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam Rockwell, I think, is, like, fantastically good in this movie. I... I, I really hope he gets some awards consideration because, like, he is so overdue for a supporting actor nod. And, like, even though I think he's been better in other things, I I, I want to see him get recognized because I just think he's so good at, like, disarming you with being, like, a cartoonish person only to then, like, bring pathos and something really interesting and different to the table. Yeah. Um, Francis McDormand does well. Lucas Hedges. I love their dynamic. Like the the mother son who are like very crass and direct with each other and like i i just thought this movie was really really funny and very hard to predict it went in routes that i couldn't expect it definitely wasn't the kind of insane crazy film that i think in bruges and seven psychopaths were this is like more restrained it it went for more of a a brooding absurdity instead of the kind of like wild cokey craziness of some of the other movies it it almost felt more like cavalry or something it's like him and his brother switched places um but i yeah I, I loved it i thought it had interesting things to say about like revenge and the desires the public has to like vilify people or blame people and it, it just toys with that it doesn't moralize or anything it just like plays with your emotions in a really interesting way so i i dug it a lot i thought it was great and much better than the movie that the trailer was promising carson patrick uh, yeah, I like the movie too, but not as much as, um, I guess I was hoping to, uh, I was pretty excited to see it, you know, purely because of Martin McDonough. Um, and I, I definitely left a little disappointed. Um, I definitely enjoyed In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths a lot more. Um, I, I, I did get the sense that this was, uh, very much like Calvary, um, and that, uh, him and his brother this year definitely flipped because, uh, War on Everyone, the movie that John Michael did earlier this year felt very much in the vein of like a seven psychopaths, like just very over the top wacky. Um, and this, you know, felt, you know, a lot more restrained and, uh, definitely more like a, uh, like how Calvary did, which was basically one location and, you know, just set in this town and kind of amongst the various characters, townspeople and stuff. Um, 
and, and I think maybe that just comes down to like you know I'd rather just watch the 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 more wacky ones because this definitely has like his style uh but i also felt like it uh it also kind of felt like it was his style mashed together with uh like a really serious cop drama or something that i didn't really care about um but uh i mean i can't i can't knock the movie too hard because the the writing and the acting is like better than most movies like out so um i mean i totally agree i don't understand how sam rockwell doesn't have like eight oscars already um and and everyone is just is is really really great in it um i i appreciated the fact that like all of the characters were very flawed and very unlikable um even the the brief flashback we get to uh, Frances McDormand's daughter, um, even she was, like, not that great of a character either. Like, I, I mean, I, usually in a movie like this, I feel like they would flash back to show you, like, how you should, you know, feel sympathetic and, oh, no, because she's going to die. And But she really was, like, kind of annoying and stuff. Um, so was she a a dumb wiener kid? (laughs) She wasn't a dumb wiener kid, but she definitely was portrayed in a very like trashy, like unlikable way. Uh, but so I appreciated that though, that it wasn't like, they didn't have that scene to flashback and try and get you like, Oh, like to feel bad. It was kind of just showing you like, they were all just kind of trashy in a way. Like, I don't know. I I definitely like that aspect of it, but there were definitely other things like, all the stuff with John Hawks and his like young girlfriend, I don't know. Like to me, that I could have done without. Um, and as much as I like Peter Dinklage, uh, and as much as this feels like a Martin McDonough because of all the midget jokes, um, one of his movies, like I don't know, like he his character definitely felt very unnecessary too. Like I don't he I don't know. Like it just doesn't seem like he got a lot to do. Um, but overall I liked it. There's just a few things that I wasn't too hot on. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, well, I never saw in Bruges. Uh, I know you guys have told me actually, I'm surprised actually. That's like one of the best movies of the last decade. I know. I, I was going to say, you guys have both told me it's great. And it's just one of those things that I never got around to seeing. I know that Steven has a poster of it in his apartment. Oh. <laughs> that st- stares at me all the time anytime I, I'm I, there. I have a poster of it, too. Mini poster. <laughs> well, maybe one day I'll see it and I'll get a poster. But anyways, I remember when... I don't remember the circumstances under which I saw Seven Psychopaths, but I remember walking into the theater or sitting down to watch it on a thing and not expecting much from it. Um, because I didn't have the allegiance to the filmmaker. Um, but I was like really surprised by it. And I had an amazing time with seven psychopaths. When I first saw the trailer for the three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, I was drawn in not by like the reference to other films. I was just drawn in by the, the premise of the film, right? I was like, Oh, like this seems like an interesting story. I want to watch the journey this woman goes on. And I know, Stephen, you mentioned having trailer fatigue, having seen this trailer so many times. Mm-hmm. And I, I was totally expecting this very straightforward story where, like, the event that, like, what, 
what I expected was this, that obviously the woman is in the right and obviously the police are bad and we were going to watch a story about the controversy over the billboards. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was, I was, I was getting into, right? Like, like I was, uh, you know, I was expecting the judge, right? (laughs) Where I'm like, I just want this courtroom drama (laughs) about these billboards. Um, and I was surprised as hell by this movie. Like this movie is gray as fuck. Mm -hmm. Like, the the very first moment that you actually have like obviously something terrible happened to her daughter she's putting up these billboards to like chastise the chief for for not solving the case and you're kind of like oh dumb on her side i mean like why mm-hmm. will the chief n- not solve the case cuz obviously he should be um but like the first time she opens her mouth about what she thinks the chief should be doing mm-hmm. you're like oh she's wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> like Clearly, she's unreasonable. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get something bad happened to you, but, you know, you can't just, like, literally take blood from every male on the planet. That's definitely violating civil liberties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, it was one of those things where it's like, I was like, oh, she's a little unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you're kind of like, well, whose side am I supposed to be on? And then it's kind of like, it's just an entire film of watching people in situations that are bad and seeing how they deal with it. And mm-hmm. I found... All of the characters, like, very, very compelling. Either compelling from the standpoint of, like, being in an intriguing situation or just their backstory complicates mm-hmm. the situation a lot. Like, the chief himself. Like, the chief's backstory is just complicates the entire narrative, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, 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 really, it's really, really interesting. And any character who doesn't have a compelling existence is comedically really entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, Carson didn't like so much the 19-year-old zookeeper. I thought it was funny, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like there, there, there are characters who are just in the periphery who are interesting, but like even even the guy who, um, who, the dude who runs the the like the, the guy from uh, American Made or whatever, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 yeah, who is in everything this year? Yeah, yeah the the guy who owns the the or runs the Billboard advertising yeah. company, whatever. Caleb, right? Caleb, Land- Landry Jones. Caleb Landry Jones, who again, uh, good to see him not in a psychopath role which it's funny because he he's also in uh war on everyone playing the like most weirdest of weirdos in that movie like he like probably the weirdest weirdo he's played (laughs) i think he isn't not weird in this movie (laughs) i mean he's definitely got some tics he's he's awkward but yeah he's not a weirdo he's not like Like, a a psychopath like he's not one of the seven yeah he's not a murderer yeah but 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 even that character like He's he's not he's not excited about the billboards because he's like stands for her message. He's excited for the billboards because a woman wants to rent billboards that nobody has rented for like a couple years for an entire year, right? Like he's just excited about the money. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of like thrust into the situation where he, like he even tries to get out of it at one point, right? But then like circumstances make it so there's like no no easy way to back out of it. And it's like mm-hmm. he he he's also great. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Like there's just there's just a lot of complexity to all the characters in the story, and the overall narrative is like really fast. You learn that like this isn't a film about the situation. This is a film about people mm-hmm. um, from a place where things have gone one way for a long time, and everybody's sort of just doing their own thing. And when everybody's thrust into situations that overlap with each other how do those people deal with interacting with each other, right? And it's just, mm-hmm. like, 
everybody is doing something that's wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> and even the, quote, good characters do bad things. And even the, quote, bad characters do good things. And it's just a thing where it was just – it was a really strong film with lots of twists. Not, not twists and turns from the standpoint of, like, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. But, I mean, like, there's a lot of bouncing back and forth between who you want to support in every single individual scene. And even characters who are like, well, we don't like them – like the very next scene, you're like, well, they're not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and it's just, it was one of those films where y- y- you're just, you're just wrapped up in it and you want to see where it's going to go. And you're not happy, but like you're, you're enjoying being in every moment, even when characters are doing despicable things. Um, it still feels very strong. And, uh, yeah, it's got, it's got laughs, it's got emotional beats, uh, Glass of orange juice made me cry. <laughs> nice. It's 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 good. It's good. It's I just thought it was a good movie. Yeah. No, I I'm I agree. I I'm really I must have known you didn't know, see In Bruges before, but I'm kind of I'm like re re surprised by it because <laughs> for me going into this film, I'm like, of course it's gonna be great and gray as fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I totally feel you. I wanted to go back to, um, so first Carson mentioned how this movie had all unlikable characters. And, like, even in flashbacks, like, characters that you would think have a halo on their head are unlikable. And I I definitely agree with that. And I was kind of reminded of uh, Manchester by the Sea, which Chris also agrees they were unlikable. He just, like, doesn't necessarily <laughs> like that about that movie. But I not think this a, is similar. Not where, in a positive light. Where in a lesser film, the tragedy would have informed everyone's bad behavior. And in this film, like Manchester, it didn't. Like, we flash back to before the tragedy, before her daughter was killed. And, like, she's still, like, you know, rough around the edges. She still has a really bad relationship with her ex-husband. Like, she's still talking crassly and yelling at the kids, and they're yelling back. Like, this is not a movie about someone undone by tragedy. This is a movie about, like... A person who has problems then getting heightened by tragedy. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a lot more interesting. And it probably speaks to the like the playwright mentality where he really wants to be like, what is an interesting character to have on stage? And I think that the way this film works, even with the peripheral characters, some of whom are more just comic relief and don't have much depth. Like I think Peter Peter Dinklage, no pun intended, doesn't have much depth in this movie. Um <laughs> I think um you know, the the ex-husband character uh, is similar. He also is, like, more of a comic relief role. But in the context of it kind of being, like, a little morality play with characters that come from stage left and say a couple lines and then walk out, that's great. Like, I think you need you need those kind of characters that provide color and whimsy to the story and then three or four big ones to latch on to. But, but I think even he, like, he's portrayed as, like, the bad guy who, like, walked out and, like, shacked up with a 19-year-old uh, yeah. girl. But he also has, like, these, these flashes of, like, complete vulnerability yeah. that, like, they don't, like, redeem the character. But, like, you're like, fuck. Right. <laughs> like, well, I, I think he you, believe, through... you believe their former relationship and they have that kind of, like, divorce where there's still a begrudging like like you're a shitty motherfucker and i kind of like it like like yeah. they have that kind of uh way of communicating that everyone in uh francis mcdormand's family 
in this movie seems to have where they're like they can be yelling and you know literally about to throw punches one second and then the next they're like laughing or winking it off right like it's not that big a deal to them yeah, yeah. and I, I like that dynamic i think that comes through and i think it informs the character of uh i keep forgetting the character's name in the movie the mother francis mcdormand um yeah i think it's because a lot of the other characters in the film refer to her, her as the girl's mother yeah yeah but but anyway i think she is this generally well-meaning person who has righteous anger that is not always placed correctly but she's still angry and wants to do something about it and like i think again the movie is mostly a lot of little things but i think if there's kind of a theme that the movie is building towards it is like what do people what can people do when there's righteous anger and no bad guy to take it out on like the film kind of ends very literally saying what do we do in that scenario um I, I do like the, the, the somewhat fake out at the end where, mm-hmm. like, they're playing the music to let you know the movie's over. But you're like, is it really going to end here? And then it doesn't, but then it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just like that whole tone. It has the, you know, it, it, it's gray. It, it wants to examine, like, how would people behave and make you, make you think. And that does make this, I think, more serious and less, like, joyously... Um, disrespectful maybe as in Bruges like like it still has those beats of course but in this it tries to like give us characters where it's more like Tarantino it's like yeah they're saying the n-word but like they would say the n-word you know that's what that character would do and I think here he's really trying to build a kind of more mature storyline out of it which is different from Seven Psychopaths where if there's a mature storyline out of Seven Psychopaths I don't know what the fuck it was all I know is that I got to see Sam Rockwell go absolutely crazy in that movie yeah yeah um but yeah, so this I think is more mature in it. I hope it garners more acclaim for it. Like I just think Martin McDonough is a great writer. I think he really knows how to piece characters together, and I think he hits something really special here. And it's been doing really well, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's getting a lot of buzz. I feel like it it should get nominated for something. Yeah, it probably it probably will. I don't know like what its chances are of winning anything, but yeah. But I, I would still agree, like, I think it's the lesser of his three movies. I just think that's a high bar, and this is still one yeah. of my favorite movies this year. I mean, I think that's kind of, like, where I came in. It just, um, I mean, the bar was so high already. Um, and I think I was kind of maybe mistakenly expecting something more along the lines of, you know, his first two movies and not along the lines of, some kind of s- sobering examination, like kind of like Calvary was. Because, uh, I mean, this movie is... Uh, the trailer makes it seem like it's this wacky romp, uh, but it's not. I mean, it's a very serious, uh, very uh, dark, and uh, uh, at times not not fun to watch like type of drama, Like t- to be honest. I mean, it definitely, it definitely is not a... Uh, like a fun fun watch really. Uh I mean there are like uh, there is a lot of witty dialogue and stuff, but I didn't really find it to be comedic. It was more of just like a a really kind of hardcore drama with some witty banter in it. Um to me it was pitch black enough that there was still something fun in how dark it got. Like I I was always having fun watching it yeah. even though it is a much more slow like yeah. it's not the same kind of fun. Yeah. And it's but it's definitely not the fun that the trailer makes it seem. Uh, which I mm-hmm. wasn't expecting that 
so much, but I I definitely wasn't expecting uh, it to be more along the lines of uh, of like Calvary. Now, maybe if I watch it again, I don't know. It could just be could be that, but uh, I don't know. But like even when I was watching it, I was like, there was something that wasn't fully clicking with me, like it did for his other movies and for his brother's movies. Um, and it also could just be like, you know, some of it's not exactly that fun to watch. Like it is, it is very like sobering at times. Um, and it's canonical that Carson doesn't like dramas anymore. Right. Right. True. True. Um, but I mean, there is still a lot of stuff to like. I know Steven, you, you said that you, you mentioned like the trailer, um, you were kind of afraid that maybe it gave too much away. Um, I mean, I kind of had that same thought too, because like I saw the trailer a bunch also, and I feel like they actually, I feel like the trailer does give away like a lot of the, like a lot of things that happen throughout the movie, like some of the major instances. Um, but there's still at least enough stuff that they didn't show. Um, there's still enough where they're kind of flipping things and some things, you know, are a little unexpected. So that I, I think, like, maybe it does, it gives away a lot of major things that happen, but I think he's just such a strong writer. It isn't like other movies where there's the one moment that is, like, either this will get you good or it won't. It's yeah. like these big moments are padded with so many other bits of dialogue that, like, add color and texture to it. It, I think maybe it just, like, can't be ruined. Like, he's just much better at writing dialogue than other people. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, too, that it's, like, the the plot beats aren't as important as how the characters react to the plot beans. Mm-hmm. So you can give those away to draw somebody in, but then like we, us, they're going to be surprised by the interactions in those situations. And like, you know, come for the nightstick breaking down a window, stay for the, whatever happens directly following that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, there's enough. There was enough um, things where characters were kind of flipping back and forth and did some unexpected things, which I think is kind of you know present throughout his other movies too. And uh, I don't know. There's just there was there's something that was you know like I said there's something that wasn't quite clicking with me on this one. Um, at least nobody because I was trying to like look. I was trying to look online at the negative reviews because this movie does have a pretty high rating and I was trying to look at the the few negative reviews that to see if there was anything where I was that I or that someone said, you know, kind of what I was thinking um and there wasn't, but at least nobody gave the gave the excuse of like uh saying it was bad because it it, it was lacking in reality, which I thought was so absurd. That the, the you know this movie was like these cops wouldn't be able to get away with these things like I was just like <laughs> what the hell like this is a fucking I mean this is clearly set in a fictitious it, it, town yeah it's like, like a parable it, it, yeah, it's yeah. very yeah different. it's very much like uh, I mean yeah sure it's supposed to be set in Missouri but this could be set anywhere you know it could, it's just like it. They could have named it anything. It's just, you know, he probably thought Ebbing, Missouri sounded cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, that was just, like, so weird to me that, like, you know, I don't think reality was supposed to be 
at play at all. Like, uh, if anything, it's just a very heightened reality. But no, I don't think that uh, he was going for uh, law enforcement realism here. No, <laughs> no, I think it's an interesting mix where the he does like really heighten things. You know, the reality is very drama, drama. Like every beat in the film, even when they're fake outs, like there's a moment that Sam Rockwell has in a bar toward the end of this movie that could play very much like an extremely bizarre coincidence that, oh, that would never happen in real life. But like he he has these heightened moments, but then the the characters are real in the way that they react to them. And it, it's like this really nice balance where because everything around it is so crazy, it like it teases out cool character moments that you wouldn't get if that wasn't happening. Yeah. So I really like that mix. I think it's cool. I, I definitely think that in the hands a similar story in the hands of somebody not as skilled maybe would have been like those type of plot beats would be like, fuck this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Uh, but, like, it just works so well in this, and it actually feels earned as opposed to feeling, like, fake. Yeah. So. Yeah, they probably would have come off more tropey. Not as... Well, it definitely wouldn't have been as well-written, that's for sure, at least dialogue-wise. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could see in my head the Nicholas Sparks version of this movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, thankfully... That ex-husband character would be so different. <laughs> yeah, for He'd sure. He'd definitely be lighting police buildings on fire. Yeah. It was funny that they both did cop movies this year. Um, and, like I said, it, it was very weird that they, like, kind of flipped. But, I mean... Uh, I'm probably just there's probably someone who's who's like seen or read his plays that are like his plays are just as fucking dramatic too, like I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm just going off of the movies that of his that he's made. So speaking um, of cop movies, I'm I was happy to see Clark Peters, the uh, Lester from The Wire, reprising his role as uh, the man who comes in and leads a police force and brings order and moral authority to. <laughs> decaying institution oh like, that guy like, was on the wire too yeah 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 yeah. he uh. does basically the same exact thing in the wire he's <laughs> like like the old wizened dude who is like now let's be moral about this let's get a judge to let us tap a phone you know anyway mm. i'm always happy when wire people show up in random things well there was a what's his name was in Calvary was any other too. hbo star in this movie uh. i'm just kidding because peter dinklage Mm, oh, gotcha. oh, yeah. How how you, could I forget such there. a memorable character? <laughs> also, following a, around a blonde woman who does doesn't love him. Yeah, back. <laughs> <laughs> kind of getting typecast, Dinklage. Oh no, uh, Dinklage. All right. So, should we get to verdicts? We, I mean, we still have like 20 more minutes of arguing if we want to match that Justice League review. I, uh, <laughs> I don't think I have any more in me. All right. Well, Stephen Miller, if you if you were going to give this a must-see, recommend with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I think this is a must-see. It's just a great, solid movie. I don't think it will make people walk out of the theater raving. It's kind of... It's nothing like Spotlight, but like a movie like Spotlight, it like there's nothing huge about it that would make you love it. You just walk out at the end and you're like, that was a that was a good movie. That like <laughs> that did a lot of things right. So that, that's how I feel about it. It isn't like mind-blowingly amazing, but it's just incredibly solidly crafted, and I think that just has to be praised. 
Carson Patrick. Uh, I'll give it a, a, a recommend. I think the caveat is just that I didn't think it was as strong as his other two movies. So it, this sh- hand shrugging emoji. I don't know. <laughs> it it is funny the comparison to Spotlight because like I know exactly what you mean. Like it's it's thematically not related at all. Mm-hmm. Completely, they they live in separate genres of of pictures. Um, but I do remember walking on a spotlight and being like, people would be like, how is spotlight? I'd be like, it's good. <laughs> Real good. I, I, I don't know what to say about it. Like, it was yeah. just nothing wrong. It was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, that's how this is too. Like, I, uh, I mean, even though this story, like this story is more entertaining from a standpoint of like spotlight is just like, fuck, mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie is like bad stuff happened, but it's zany and, and, and kind of like th- this is. You can sleep easier mm-hmm. of watching this movie than you can maybe Spotlight, but I think that uh, yeah, it was just it was it was an entertaining film. It it drew me in, surprised me from what I expected from watching the trailer, and all around yeah, it was just good. So I'll give it a must see as well. And I think that will bring us to the end of this review of the three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, and this episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Carson Patrick? Uh, you can find me crawling into a hole and dying. <laughs> <laughs> People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can email fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to the three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. So hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, that is it. Two reviews this week. Hopefully you survived the Justice League one and hopefully you enjoyed this one. Um, And uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yep. And uh, we will talk at you all next week. Bye.